Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by the Showtime original Personality Crisis, One Night Only. Directed by Academy Award winner Martin Scorsese and Emmy nominee David Tedeschi, Personality Crisis, One Night Only celebrates the enduring cultural legacy of David Johansson's life and all of his personas. From his days as a pioneer of the punk rock movement, leading rock band New York Dolls, to his reinvention as Buster Poindexter, the chameleonic Johansson created a genre unto himself. Featuring a live performance, Personality Crisis, One Night Only is a testament to a performer who challenged the world to think about identity differently, changing music forever. Personality Crisis, One Night Only, streaming April 14th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, Join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. 
It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hey everyone, this is uh, episode 56 and the band that you heard at the top was um, Feel Free. Um, Check them out on the web at feelfree703.com and um, go see them live if you can. Hey everyone, this is Helping Friendly Podcast episode 56. Um, We have the Vic, Steve, joining us. Hey Steve. What's up? How are you, RJ? Brad? Hi man, thanks for joining us. So glad to have you on again, Steve. It was I, I the reason I texted you this week is I think we talked about this show a long time ago because I think I remember you talking about it and Brad just brought it up again and I was like, oh shit, let's do it. I think this was the original plan to do it this way a long time ago. It was like the first month that we were going. So we're gonna talk about eleven nine ninety eight from Chicago and Brad and Steve were both there and I wasn't and Brad and I recently were talking about doing time machine shows so shows that we wish that we went to but we couldn't get to for whatever reason so this is one of the ones for me because Brad and I basically lived together at this time we were in college I have no idea why I didn't go but Brad went to this run and I didn't and it's so dumb so if I had a time machine I'd go back yeah it's true and you know um the year before for December, RJ, when you went to Dayton, we both were up at the at the palace the night at twelve six, ninety seven, and then like that was a Sunday night, and I was like, oh, I'll go to class the next morning, and I gotta like go tuck myself into bed or whatever. And you're like, screw this, I'm going to party. And then um, turns out you made the right decision there. So um, I think it's like this is like the opposite, right? I mean, this time I went and you didn't for whatever reason. Yeah, it was dumb. But you guys were both there, so tell us how awesome it was first, just generally. So um, first, this was I guess this was my second time being to Chicago. I was there in the summer of '97, and when dates dropped for this, I distinctly remember looking at it and I was like, boom. These are the three that I'm doing because it was general admission, which was great. It was three nights, which was great. And back then, it was like, you know, 20 bucks got you 300 miles. So it was going to be like all of 140 bucks for us to drive out there and back. And I had a, a partner to go with me. So um, right off from the outset, I was like, I like, I li- at that point, I liked getting close and I was 
um, very close for these couple of shows. Um, this nice. one I was about seven rows back, but nice. um, awesome. it was fantastic. It was. Go ahead, go ahead, Brad. I can. I'm going to go on about this show. <laughs> no, it was good, and that's what that's why we wanted to talk about it. Um, you know, I remember we were, uh, I was living in Columbus. We were living in Columbus. I, I drove up with a buddy. Met a different buddy there who like knew somebody who went to UIC, and we hung out in his apartment dorm roomish kind of thing. It was pretty close to the venue, um, and uh, you know just hung out and met some people, and like the energy was high and the, the tension was there because they knew this was like a everybody knew it was a three three night run, which you know usually lends to some some great things. Um, uh, the venue itself, I, you know, I don't know if we'll talk a little bit about the UIC Pavilion. I don't know what you remember of it, Nick, but um, not very big, maybe like 10,000 people at the most. Um, it was packed from what I remember, like it was jammed, um, which was cool because it led to like a nice warm, it was cold outside, but inside it was like hot and sweaty and people were getting funky and um, we had a great time. Uh, it was, uh, you know, a lot more intimate, I guess, than, you know, those big arena shows that are in the Midwest, like the Palace and um, a couple of the other places they'd been hitting uh, pretty regularly around this time. Uh, re- reminded me more of, like, the CS- CSU Convocation Center, um, where I saw them a few times. Uh, it had an upper deck, but it wasn't very big. Um, and, yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, even on Wikipedia it says... It references the Fish Show. It says, like, you know, the USC Pavilion has hosted some major rock concerts, including notable sets from Green Day and Fish. So um, I guess, you know, we're, we're up there with the, with the Green Day crowd, which is cool. Um, and I, I, just generally about the three nights, Trey, I think, owned the joint. Like, he, this was, you know, Arena Trey at this point anyway, but, like, he was just, just destroying the place. Paul, I think, had everything dialed in. Um, definitely, like, 97 fall uh, was, like, I think the peak of it, but he still had it going on in 98 um, as far as dialing everybody in, and Mike just sounded huge, just just was a monster in this place. It's funny because if you go on YouTube, um, you can see the entire first show, the entire second show, and you can see about eight songs from the third show, mm-hmm. and um, it's Paige's side the first night, and I think it's uh, Mike's side the second night, but... You get the whole view uh, of the place. And I watched the, the 2011 run at USC, which I would have loved to have gone to because I had such a great time in yeah. 98. And you look at it, you're like, man, that place was small. And that's another thing. Like, I'm a, I'm a hound for certain things. Like, I want to see fish in different shows. I want to see fish in smaller places. Like, you know, there were certain things that did it for me. And this was it. So I get there, and I was front row. First and second night, I was on the rail, standing in front of Trey, um, I got, had to get in line progressively er, earlier each night. So I was right up against it. And if you look at the video, um, the only thing separating the crowd from the stage is, are, I'm pretty sure they're speakers because we were just getting blasted the whole night. Like you want to talk about Mike being really like that free, which we'll talk about. I would just remember getting blasted in my chest from the base all night long. <laughs> That's awesome. And if you look at the video, you see people's jackets and everything right on there. So you're talking about, I don't know, five feet maybe, yeah. and then the stage. So you are right on top of them. And if you're up top, I could imagine you'd feel right on top of them too. So intimate venue. It was, um, and I was really close all three nights. And um, that's the venue that I remember. They had played there before, obviously, but 
this run was pretty um pretty epic and then came back and did three in 2011 yeah sorry quick like when they played earlier i think everybody remembers the live fish release like it's called chicago 94 and it it has both the summer and like the fall slash winter show from that year and then they didn't come back until 98 for the three night run and then they didn't come back till 2011 for a three night run in the summer which of 2011 which is kind of crazy so they obviously like the place um, and maybe it's just availability or whatever that was keeping them kind of these off times. Um, so eight shows seems like it, it was more like uh, more of a legend for just an eight show venue. Um, but it's a great place. And um, obviously both of us really remind it fondly, right? It was, it's an 800 mile trip. We drive out, we stay the night. We're in Michigan. It was a, it was a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. If you look back on it. I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, I'm going. I closed the computer lab that I was in charge of. I was in the second year of my grad school. I closed the computer lab. I couldn't find anybody to cover. It just said it was will be closed for the next four days. And drove out there, stayed with a friend of a friend, and then just happened to get there er, um, early the first day and got in line and ended up getting front row. So, nice. uh, you know, so moving into the show. Yeah, so wait, hold on. You didn't go with the, the Mrs. Vic? No, so she, um, we were together at the time, but no, she wasn't making that trip. So it was me like, and a buddy. Uh, what did you say? She's like, to where for what? <laughs> she, uh, I went with a, a good friend of mine that I saw a lot of fish shows with. And um, talking about Time Machine, uh, Rochester 97 is my Time Machine show. And he's nice. connected to that with me because it was his birthday show. We had tickets. We didn't go because... Pretty sure Mrs. The Vic talked me out of going, but <laughs> not going to blame her for that. So um, I, I love you, honey, but um, I didn't go, and it was a birthday show. It was the first Roses, so it's kind of interesting, the synchronicity going on here. So he came with me for that run, and um, you know there was also the book signing that that time. So like there was this was like, people know me. I'm like A for effort. I love effort. I was front row. I got the book signed at Borders, so I had to wake up crack of dawn and i got there and i still wasn't that early um but i ended up being the 12th person in line to get the book signing um so that was cool i got some pictures from that um and then got right back to the venue early we went to a live one which is a cool bar down there where it's all live yeah i've been there that place is great you've been in cincinnati or chicago chicago yeah yeah it's a it's a great bar so rj also i think we should mention that in later this month is when we made the trip to um Hampton, right, for the first time? Yeah, yeah, you we went to those two shows. <laughs> yeah, so the dude I met, um, I didn't drive with, but I met at this show, this is the same guy Arjun and I drove with to those Hampton shows, and we had a book signing then. Wait, did, was it a book signing? I, we, we got backstage passes. Yeah, yeah there was something. Them, right, we bought like, yeah. some for $2,000 or whatever, and yeah. we got to go talk to Mike and Fish about just nothing. Uh, so Hampton 98, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nonsense. I was there. Nonsense. They were talking. Mike Gordon Mrs. was the Vic talking nonsense. Was, Mrs. The Vic was at Hampton 98. Nice. Well, before, yeah, no, before we, let's get into the show itself, but across those eight shows you mentioned, Brad, there's like, there there does seem to be a um, an asymmetry between how awesome the shows were and the number of shows, because there's the, the 61894 obviously has that amazing Bowie and lots of other stuff, and the Fall 94 has a great... Like simple. There's other stuff. I mean, and then there's the elements set from the 2011 UIC show, right? Where they right. had sand, um, 
I for I forget. I know I know that there's like an awesome sand steam steam undermined. Yeah. Um, and there's a um, there's an amazing waves into undermined. Anyway, so like th- those are you know out of eight shows, some really serious um, contenders. So I think that's what I think what you were saying, Brad, is totally true. I feel that. I feel I feel you, bro. You believe you say you believe me. I do. Nice. I do. I believe you always. I <laughs> but you know, I believe you, and that- I believe in you. <laughs> that that is the size arena as far as i'm concerned that they should yeah. be playing how big is it did you guys already say it's like nine somewhere between nine and ten and a half eleven yeah. um but hmm. that's the arena and that's the that's the general thing that i like i like general admission that was general admission on the floor but um right. i like general admission in gem you know overall how big is hampton compared to that hampton's it's a little like, bigger 13, 13, 14. Okay. A couple more thousand. The, I think the small, like the, the Portland one, the Cumberland County Civic Center is probably smaller than UIC, but maybe about the same. I think it's smaller. I think it's like eight, isn't it like eight or something like That's that? That's the only small place I can remember seeing them in the past, like yeah. 10 years. You know what it reminded me of? I saw Dave Matthews band at uh, the Toledo University of Toledo basketball arena, which was like, is like eight or nine mm-hmm. um, with the, with the concert. And when I got there, I was like, Oh, this is like a newer, nicer, uh, Toledo Arena, which I guess is just kind of true about everything outside of Toledo. Yeah. It's new and nicer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's get into the show itself. So we're going to talk about um, the the ninth, um, the show on the ninth, which is the, the last of the run, right? Um, yeah, I, I think we, we we have to mention the first night, mm-hmm. um, 11-7. Like the second set's amazing. It's like a, it's like a preview to um, maybe 2.0. It's like four songs... They're each really long and real jammy, and um, they started off just amazingly. Um, and that's kind of I wanted to kind of, you know, it was a pick between the first night and the second and the last night for me for this little run. All three, I mean, this was a fantastic run. This was, I mean, Fish could do no wrong at you know in these years of ninety seven, ninety eight, you know, and on to me, they just they were just rolling. And then you look at the set list that it's. You know, there was some thought put into it, and they prepared for, you know, things, and um, it was, everything was just so loose, and everything was so good, and they were still so funky, and, you know, obviously the first night with the four songs, um, you know, Ghost, ACD, uh, ACDC into Ghost, uh, and Reba, Farmhouse, and then the encore, Gaiuti and um, Guitar, I mean, it's a fantastic first set first show and then the second show is all fantastic too and you look at it there's tons of slow slow songs back then you know you get a big uh you know you look at the the, the first set the first night you get a bunch of those slow songs together. um and you know they don't do a lot of that anymore some of those old songs the billy breathe songs right yeah, there was some, um, not bust-outs, but things that I hadn't seen. Ride, Captain Ride, I don't think I'd caught before. This might be my first Bold as Love, although they may have played it in Cleveland. Um, uh, just, you know, those like, I don't know, they're not really arena rock shows, but I, I tie them to arenas because it's like that 70s, you know, music that they really were uh, took a, took an element from when, when they wrote their own songs or when they played larger venues where they, Trey was just trying to, you know... Kill everybody. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what else to say. I remember having a conversation with with Mr. Minor about 
about years and all that and i think this is his favorite year and like i i don't know i i hadn't i probably haven't listened to 98 stuff as much as i have listened to 97 or 95 or 96 or maybe 94 but if you think about these fall of 98 between like the bathtub on here and the van andel haley's and you know there there's there's so many great jams in this fall vic what would you would you consider this fall or or this this tour to be one of the at the top um listen i'll be honest with you everything in 97 and 98 um to me was fantastic flawless couldn't be better they were completely loose and you walked out of that place feeling happy as a pig and shit and um i will say this i saw more shows in 98 than any other year nice i had a fantastic time and each and you know things started to change a little bit towards this you know in in the summer and then they they were still funky but like they just started mixing in all these new one-timers i mean you look at this run and songs like love me like you said ride captain ride paul and silas um i get a kick out of you like you know they don't they're not just playing those and and the and the the best that is the free bird at the end which is a great story um, to me, but um, this this third night, um, for me, you know, just capped off a fantastic weekend. It's all about, like I said, it's all about energy, like Trey says. I mean, this energy in that place was <laughs> tremendous, nice. tremendous. So we're gonna get into set one in a minute here, but Steve, what's what's what should people be um, listening for, particularly in this first set? Well. The first set, obviously, you're getting a few. Um, back then, you got them a little bit more. We're getting a few uh, rarities in here. Um, obviously, a very uh, specifically played. They they were going to play I Get a Kick Out of You. So Mike um, lays that down, which I think is really cool. Uh, Divided Sky is great. And then you get those slow ones like Frankie and Dogs. But really, you know, the, the best thing about this first set is this free and the crazy thing is that they, they, they screw it up as far as I'm concerned. And um, not in a bad way, but, like, because when you're there, you're in the moment. And, like, things just, like, kind of roll off your shoulders a little bit more than they do when you're listening back to it. And you're a little bit more particular when you're listening back as to when you're there. But listening back, I was like, man, I said to you guys in the text, I was like, I wish there was a conductor that was telling Trey when to start his um when he was in the peak when to keep going but uh the free is fantastic and i'm a big free head so that's yeah. my highlight of the first set my um and we're going to talk about it after we listen to it my note my one note i made about free is that vic is the free master that's all i wrote down so yeah. <laughs> um so brad should we get into the set yeah um one thing i wanted to point out but i couldn't because my children were in here and they're really loud and annoying um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tremendously. Um, that um, I think, I don't know about you, RJ, but 97 and 98 were my peak years, too. Like the, I saw the most shows during those two years, um, 99 to follow that. And um, it was really nice to go back to the show. I hadn't listened to it for a long time. It was just nice. It, like, <clears throat> it was um, you know, a little bit of a homecoming, I guess, uh, to hear it all and to see to hear those familiar jams that I don't, I didn't really, you know, I don't have them memorized. Like I do some, some, uh, some shows. Um, but 
it's just so familiar. And I'm sure hopefully some of our listeners will feel the same way, like going back and listening to just great 98 um, jams, the second set especially, first set's unique um, with the with the third third slot mic's tune that's completely different. We're going to do this like we've done the past few where um, we're going to play the first set this week and the second set next week. So you'll hear um, the first set now and then we'll chat about it and then we'll bring you set two in our breakdown um, next week. So um, when you're looking for all your tickets for all these shows coming up, um, Cash or Trade, they're, um, they've been a good partner of ours. Check them out if you're looking for face value tickets and um brad and i have a new internet site there's just way fewer letters it's hfpod.com so that's pretty sweet <clears throat> pretty excited about that we paid about ten dollars for it so <laughs> i feel like we really made it um pretty much kings of the internet at this yeah. point and um oh yeah and the vic is on twitter at the vic it's pretty easy <laughs> to remember and we're on twitter at hfpod um so let's hop into the first set and we'll chat about it after Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by the Showtime original Personality Crisis, One Night Only. Directed by Academy Award winner Martin Scorsese and Emmy nominee David Tedeschi, Personality Crisis, One Night Only celebrates the enduring cultural legacy of David Johansson's life and all of his personas. From his days as a pioneer of the punk rock movement, leading rock band New York Dolls, to his reinvention as Buster Poindexter, the chameleonic Johansson created a genre unto himself. Featuring a live performance, Personality Crisis, One Night Only is a testament to a performer who challenged the world to think about identity differently, changing music forever. Personality Crisis, One Night Only, streaming April 14th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts.
Captain Gacken will now sing a song for you. My story is much too sad to be told. But practically everything is totally cold. The only exception I know is the case when I'm out on a quiet street fighting mainly the old ennui and I suddenly turn and see your fabulous face. I get no kick from cocaine. Mere alcohol doesn't move me at all. Tell me why. Thank you. 
Okay, all right, so that was set one from uh, November 9th, 1998 from the UIC Pavilion in Chicago. Uh, the first set opened with Lala, then we heard Horn, I Get a Kick Out of You, Divided Sky, Frankie Says, Dog Stole Things, then it was Poor Heart into Free, um, and NICU, and then Bold as Love, Axis, Bold as Love, um, closed the first set. So, um, I don't know, what do, you guys, what do you guys think? Ten songs of the first set, I think they're all really great. Um, there's obviously some highlights, but a llama opener, to me, is always, um, it's kind of what I look for. It's like, it's like my, it's the fish version of Bertha for me. Nice. I love that call. Yeah, Steve, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, you're right. You know, Llama is high energy first song. Kick it right into uh, right into gear from the beginning. Um, love horn. You know, the one song that they say the word flyers in. So I'm a big horn fan, and I love how rift uh, it purposeful. Uh, I get a kick out of you. Sky is always a good uh, a good song. Um, some slow ones back then. I'm, I'm always curious what I thought about it back then. And I showed you guys the picture of my set list book. Yeah. And I didn't take too many notes on this show. I just kind of straight um, straight wrote down what the set list was. But I always wonder, I'm like, I wonder what I thought about Dog Stole Things back then when it came on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't remember. And uh, <laughs> so we'll, Yeah, I don't remember that stuff either. <laughs> so we'll move on. So, but that's why I like... That's why I'll tweet during shows because it remind like if there's something that pops in my head, I don't carry a pen around anymore. I'll just tweet it um, if it's really important. And or but back then I used to make notes, and you know I did make a note next to free that says "funked out." <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's um, very. It's a very '98 <laughs> note to make. It's amazing. But I can tell you that the show started exactly at eight oh nine, eight oh four, and it ended at nine twelve. So. You're looking at about an hour and eight minute per set. That's awesome. Well done, man. Well, the 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 llama had like that reverb in the um in like the jam part, and I think that comes back later in a couple in the free and others, right? Where it's like where where Trey's it might not be reverb. Maybe it's like that envelope filter. It's like the thing where it's like God, I wish I knew how to explain it, but um, there's some there's some kind of weird effect on llama. Um, which sound makes it sound really awesome. I think it's an envelope filter. Although hopefully someone who plays guitar can like tweet at us and tell me that that's wrong. We'll ask Andy Greenberg. Um, yeah, we'll ask Andy. Um, well, Steve, on the divided sky, I just want to add one piece of like of um, uh, what's it called, like trivia or whatever. I guess is that the the UIC the six eighteen ninety four divided sky is the one that Trey was quoted about saying where he like felt like he was floating above the crowd and then he just had tears rolling down his face and um like there's an interview I, we can link to yeah. it but you know what I'm talking about when he's like here I have it here he was like we sometimes you're trying to translate what's out there in the greater pattern of things and. You can't. You couldn't play a wrong note if you tried, and you're floating. And so that was from the same venue in '94, and then '98 they played another beautiful "Divided Sky" in the in the first set, which I think is pretty cool. I yeah. wonder if it was intentional or not, but I just remember that today when listening to it. You know? Yeah. So, so let me tell you a quick story. And please. Um, so what happened was we rolled into Chicago early on the seventh. 
and we stopped at a convenience store, a, a supermarket, and got some food. And when I was there, I had I had just had a dog that had puppies, a golden retriever. And Trey had a golden retriever, and I was like, I knew the book signing was happening. I knew I get to meet him. I was like, I'm going to offer this redheaded, you know, god a puppy. Um, so <laughs> I stopped. That's awesome. So I stopped, and it's a pretty woke thing to do. <laughs> now what else you know and, and i look back and my my days were fuzzy when i when i was tweeting about it but you know his dog had passed away years before but he loved goldens i had yeah. gold i had 10 golden puppies so i um stopped and at the grocery store i got a card because i was going to put pictures of the puppies in there long story short i write a whole note and i look at this card and i'm like oh my god i show my friend and the card is a picture of a sky on it just a sky with a cloud, and on the cloud is a traffic light. I shit you not. <laughs> huh. This is the wow. card. So I wow. buy that, and I put in there, and I gave it to them when I went to the book signing. They collected like five items from the crowd, and I gave it to them. And also in there, I said, you know, I'd really like to hear the man who stepped into yesterday. Now, for me, I meant the whole game henge. But you'll <laughs> right. see as we go through the rest of this, sh this set, what they end up playing. So in the first set, they play the divided sky. Dude, this is fucking groundbreaking. Yeah, and then the second crazy. set, Jesus Christ, it's a crazy story. Yeah, that's yeah, really crazy. So, so wow. All right. Well, that that gives a that's a whole that's way like way better than the you know ninety four <laughs> analogy. So, so what else? But, but to Trey's point, like you know, you get in that zone, and I really feel that they were in a zone for a very long time, like a Tiger Woods length of time. Fish was in a zone, and then they start started to lose it, you know, in that latter part of 2.0. Um, but uh, I, I, you know, when Trey says certain things, you know, they don't remember. They play so many times, so you know, it sticks out that certain great things happen at certain places, and they love they play Chicago very well, just like Ohio. Ohio shows always always are great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wait, so did you like put your telephone number in there or something? Really <laughs> call me. Email no, at, at I mean, I'm sure I put something in there. I don't know what I put in there. I was obviously never contacted, but um, but that's that card. I was like, how could that card exist? Why would there be a sky with a traffic light on it? It makes no sense. Yeah, man, that's nuts. Well, that's awesome. And so, anything. So, okay, so let's keep going through the first set because that's crazy <laughs> so far. So, sorry, I interrupted you. Went back to divided sky, but. Pick it up at the free, Vic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool story, Vic. Anyway, but um... yeah, so well, Brad. Well, I mean, free. Obviously, I love free, and you know, I don't know what to do with myself emotionally when it comes on. And you know, these back then when they would play, you know, from '95 on, these just long, heavy freeze where it's a yeah. lot of mic and a lot of page, and um, and it goes on and on, and it and it gets to this peak. At ten, it, at, at 10 minutes, it's about to really start going, and then it's 10.45, and he starts coming down, and the band, the rest of the guys, just as Trey I'm talking about, comes down, and the band's trying to keep going a little bit, and then it ends, but um, I'll tell you, it was a fantastic free that probably could have gone for another, you know, four, I mean, it could have played for three days, and I would have stayed there, but, um, <laughs> you know, if it would have gone for another four minutes it would have been crazy but fantastic and then bold as love awesome song and nicu is actually the song that really i remember when i was a very young fish fan falling in love with there was a 95 show at nicu and i heard somebody playing i was like man this is awesome so great first set nice um yeah so also to the free that 
uh, that yeah, I mentioned earlier before the set. I think Mike was just he's just a monster in this building, and he, you're right, 97, 98, he was anyway, like most places they played. But to me, he was just, I mean, he had the place shaking. It was deep. It was, like, heavy. You were feeling it, obviously, up there in the front on the rail or close to it. Um, and um, hold on, baby. One second. Do you want to say hi? No? Okay. Hi. <laughs> One second. Um, so, um, anyway, anyway, that free, again, awesome. Fish.net, actually, is what I wanted to mention is that they, they actually rate this as like a highlighted free, highly recommended. Um, and, you know, there's a couple of noteworthy jams in the second set, but not highly recommended jams, which I think after, you know, the, the listeners can, can check out set two. Um, but, you know, let us, let us know or let everybody know what you think and if you think this free is um, more highly recommended than the other, the other, the other songs that, the, that are noteworthy, which is... Sorry, it's hard for me to distinguish noteworthy versus highly recommended. <laughs> I'm confusing. It's, anyway, very, it's very technical. You gotta get the parlance down. It's very technical. Um, well, I just want you guys to know that last week during the the anniversary of the split open and melt from Columbus on April 21st, 1993, I tweeted to Fishnet and told them to please make that a highly recommended version <laughs> because it ended up being that jam on hoist, you know, and it's like and they described it as like a time when it all clicked and it all made sense and they don't even have it as a notable one so sometimes i just don't get it man you know was there a san jose tease there yeah right no Wait, so rj i was i wasn't can you say that again <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, no, I heard i heard was are you talking about the split open and melt from 421.93 yeah when i tweeted at them last week and said yeah. please make this a notable version i remember they yeah. didn't even respond like come they, on guys, like, cool, nice one. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff coming at them. We have like we have really... the we have like the five we have like the five hundredth most famous podcast <laughs> above, <you> know, fish. <laughs> above above fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So anything else on set one, Brad, from your your <laughs> memory? Um. Yeah, you know. No, not really. I mean, I get a kick out of you. Was like, I was like, what is going on here? It's really weird. Um, I, I think I feel like I heard an Elvis tune in Chicago, and this is Frank, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I, I felt like after I'd heard it, I heard I'd heard everything. I'm like, wow, I heard Mike sing Elvis, and now I've heard Mike sing Frank Sinatra. I guess I'm an official like in the in the fan club. Um, and I like dog stole things too, but you can edit that out. Uh... I like Doug Still Things. It's kind of, I guess that song's sort of disappeared, right? Yeah, that's that's going to be over. a very, very rare song. I remember they came out. It was, man, they had so many new songs during that 97. That was summer 97, I think, when they first yeah, played it, right? And then I they, think the first time I saw Dogs was at um, Shoreline 97. Nice. That's awesome. I've never been to Shoreline. Have you, you, have you Brad? No, Shoreline Amphitheater. Yeah, no, I want to do that. I want to go there. Um, it's like Camden. It's just a big amphitheater. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I may. I, I put in for. I put in for tickets this summer for it. I didn't get them though. But I'm thinking maybe I'll roll up there anyway. I don't know. It's yeah, like a, I wouldn't. LA. I would to LA. I can tell you that at some point during this um, run, I did buy a Pollock poster, nice. and it was only out of a hundred. And I didn't even buy it the first night, I don't think. And I kept that Pollock poster for years, and it wasn't even flat or anything. Um, I ended up selling that thing for 
thirty-seven hundred dollars. Oh, serious? Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I lost it all gambling, but um, <laughs> you but, sold it to support your gambling habit. I had a crazy Pollock poster collection, and that was my prize. Um, but I'm sure it's in a good home. That is amazing! Wow. That's a good to see. Look at you. You're coming up with all kinds of awesome stories, Vic. All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed part one of this of Vic story time with the Vic, who's <laughs> on Twitter at the Vic, um, and Brad, who's at Brad underscore HF Pod. Hi, Brad. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Um, Brad's kid, Brad's daughters are there. They do not want Brad to be recording right now. Um, cool. So we're going to get, um, send you guys off now and then we're going to, um, talk about set two, um, in the next episode. So thanks for listening and, um, keep on rocking. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.